whatever is in the heavens and whatever is in the earth glorifies Allah and he is the mighty the wise O you who believe why say you that which you do not correctly over the last 1400 years this verse and everywhere else in the Holy Quran where it says oh who you believe of course refers to the Muslims and there are places in the Holy Quran where uh, the context says that that perhaps will only be applicable to Muslims and of course this is correct but I have a theory, an idea which is different and radical that I want to uh, put to you and that is that the Holy Quran was revealed not, not just to guide Muslims and by guiding Muslims I mean those people who not only believe in God and the Holy Prophet but also perform Salat and gives zakat and etc etc. But also even those people who perhaps don't even believe in God. Because God says that everything in the universe glorifies him and I take that to mean that whoever follows the guidance given in the Holy Quran will be successful whether they believe in God or, or not. Belief in, in God and obeying the Holy Quran because you believe it is a commandment of Allah is about the hereafter, about the next life. <coughs> but any good advice given anywhere can be followed by human beings to achieve success. And the verse that I want to concentrate on is the second one, O oh, you who believe why say, why you say that which you do not do. And uh, we can slightly rephrase this the, the, the English translation because Hazrat Maulana Muhammad Ali quite rightly was so concerned in meticulously following the Arabic to reflect what the words have said. But to make my point I slightly rephrase this so that 
it shows that at a minimum level people can follow the Holy Quran and they should follow the Holy Quran perhaps even if they um, are atheists, even if they reject Godhead let alone anything else. So let the rendering be if you believe in something then say what you believe in and act accordingly. And if you interpret, not translate, if you interpret this verse in this way, then you can apply it throughout your life. An important example of this is politics. A politician thinks his job is to actually get into power, to win the election. It doesn't matter what he has to do to win that election and once he is successful and once he is in power then he'll revert back to his principles and he will start putting them into practice. But of course it doesn't happen. Once you get into power your behavior becomes worse and not better. We have many recent examples. Parliamentarians tell us to be truthful and honest, to make financial sacrifices for the sake of your country and economy. And then we find the same politicians claiming expenses, some even fraudulently, others legitimately but even to the extent of, of claiming for a bar of chocolate which was 70p or something I think. Now you see <clears throat> are they acting in accordance with their beliefs and what they, what they propound? Of course they are not. But of course no one is going to say to the public when they stand for election that you know I want to become a member of parliament I don't care about anything else but you know 70 grand is a nice salary and plus uh, after a few years I'll get four or five uh, directorships where I'll have to do a couple of hours work a year and I'll get uh, paid 25,000 pounds for each. That's a nice little earner isn't it? In uh, words of uh, that great philosopher Del Boy that all of us know and love from only fools and horses. But I mean I have given you one example of the British Parliament. This applies to all countries and all societies. And worse still, it applies as much if not more so to Muslim societies. You talk to uh, a Muslim and uh, he will tell you that Islam guarantees security and rights for all minorities. And then you go to pick any Islamic country, you go there and what do you find? Minorities cannot get 
admission into schools and colleges. Minorities cannot get jobs. They do not get promotions. In some countries, they say, well, unless you are a Muslim, or worse still, in some countries, they say, unless you are a Sunni Muslim or a Shia Muslim, or unless you are a Sunni Muslim belonging to this particular sect, you are not going to become a judge of the High Court or the Supreme Court, you are not going to become an army general, etc., etc., etc. The list is a long one. These people will give you an example. They will say, look what a wonderful religion Islam is. And yes, it is a wonderful religion. They will say that a Jew had a claim against Hazrat Ali. And he went to court. And Hazrat Ali defended himself. But the Muslim Qazi, the judge, he said, well, I have heard what you have to say. Do you have any evidence? Do you have a witness that backs you up? And Hazrat Ali didn't. So the judge gave a favor in the Jews, uh, the, the judge gave a decision in the Jews' favor. Now, my difficulty with that is this: that if you go to the country from where this gentleman comes, you will probably find a law that says a non-Muslim cannot be a witness against a Muslim. So what is the point about telling me this wonderful story? What is the point of relating this lovely incident to a Hindu or a Jew or whatever? He is going to say, I live in a country where Muslims are in a majority and I go to college and submit my papers and it says Lala Ram or David Jacobs and although I am more qualified and more deserving, they throw my papers out. So why are you telling me this story? And it leaves a worse impression of Islam in the minds of non-Muslims than if you hadn't made these tall and great claims. And such things, such actions, such contradictions between belief and action can and do lead to tragic consequences. Let me give you an example. There is an absolutely wonderful statement. And it reads, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by, the, by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these rights a life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. Some of you will recognize this. It's from the American Declaration of Independence. In fact, the, this was uh, drafted by Thomas Jefferson and then edited and, and agreed upon by others. There was a committee of five. But each of the states or a number of states made their own similar declarations. 
here is the one which is a part of Massachusetts Constitution which was authored by John Adams in 1780 and this says it's the article it's the first article article 1 all men are born free all men are born free and equal and have certain natural essential and unalienable rights among which may be reckoned the right the right of enjoying and defending their lives and liberties that of acquiring possessing and protecting property in fine that of seeking and obtaining their safety and happiness and yet and yet there was slavery in america it doesn't say all white men are born free and equal and yet so this goes back to this verse of the holy quran why do you make declarations and say things that you don't act upon so obviously if you have slavery if white man is allowed to own black man and remember there were no white slaves that means all men are not born free it was a wonderful uh, lady called uh, mum brett she was totally illiterate and she was at a meeting and someone read out these wonderful words so she went to uh, she went to a lawyer and said hang on i'm not very clever but i'm not an animal she used the american term critter i'm not an animal i'm not a horse or a cow or a lamb or a goat that you can buy and sell am i not human if i i am how come i'm a slave so she went to court and uh, there was this long court case and eventually the court decided it was uh, uh, the case was done by an attorney of course not her personally because she couldn't read or write and he did it for uh, for free and eventually it was decided that yes article 1 guarantees in massachusetts not the whole of united states freedom for this lady there were two of them what was the other one brom brom and uh, brom and brett versus uh, uh, ashley was the case those of you who have nothing better to do in their lives can type that in and read the whole of the transcript and when she died and no one remembers her when she died it was said of her she was born a slave and remained a slave for nearly 30 years she could neither read nor write yet in her own sphere she had no superior or equal she neither wasted time nor property she never violated a trust nor failed to perform her duty 
in every situation of domestic trial, she was the most efficient helper and tenderest friend and good mother. This happened in August 1781, but even then it was regarded as an individual matter. Even then, even after that there were still slaves in that very state, until one owner beat his slave so severely as to cause grievous bodily harm. And his stand was that this black man is my property. It is up to me to do whatever I want to do with my property. If I have a chair and I want to burn it, if I have a chair and I want to break its legs, if I have a table and I want to take an axe to it, it is up to me. I own it, it is my property. This slave was disobedient, so I will beat him. And the man was caused grievous bodily harm. He was severely beaten and he was charged. And of course, what I have said to you was the, the master's uh, defence, Jennison his name was, this was his defence, he is my property, who is to stop me from, from doing this. And it was the Supreme Court of uh, not United States, Massachusetts, which uh, eventually decided and uh, the Chief Justice gave guidance to the jury that according to Massachusetts constitution no one can be a slave. So this man wasn't, uh, what's his name, uh, Walker, wasn't a property of Jennison and uh, he was a human being and human beings should not be treated in this way that uh, uh, the owner was convicted. And uh, you know what his conviction was? For severely beating this black man? Was he sent to prison? Was he beaten? What was done to uh, Jennison? He was asked to pay 40 shillings. 40 shillings was the worth of almost a black man's life in the United States in those days. But you would say, why are you relating this history to me? That's gone. Blacks are now free. But if you look at other elements of the same declarations, ask yourself a question. Have they been implemented in full? Those that say these things, do they act on all of them? All men are created equal, that are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. Among these are life, liberty and pursuit of happiness. The other one said, men are born free and equal, have certain natural, essential and unalienable rights. Among these, which may be among, which may be reckoned the right of enjoying and defending their lives and liberties. 
and so on, and obtaining their safety and their happiness. Has all of this been implemented in its entirety? You remember Rodney King? If you don't, you should. He was a black construction worker. He was jumped upon by five white Americans. He was brutally beaten. Not a lot different from what Jenison did to his slave. We are two, three hundred years down the line, but the treatment meted out to this black man is no better. Jenison was the authority over that slave. Yes? And Los Angeles police were the authority over Rodney, Rodney King. And they treated him in exactly the same way as in 1781 that master beat his slave, brutally causing grievous bodily harm. And what did this jury of white men do? They let all of them go. All of them. What evidence was there? There was a man who saw this happening from his balcony and he videoed the whole incident. Even that policeman who jumped out of his car at the end and ran towards Rodney King as he lay unconscious on the ground and started kicking him. Even he was freed. Eventually, of course, the federal government was so appalled by this that they took the case over and it was tried on federal grounds. And then two of them, two of the policemen were convicted and sent to prison. Others were still freed. You remember, you remember the 17-year-old black man who went to visit his father. This was in Orlando. And he said, Dad, I want a bag of crisps and some soda. I'll be back in five minutes. And he never came back. He went to the shop. He got himself some crisps and a can of soda. He was walking back. It was a gated community. They had neighbor watch. And the man who was on duty at the time got out of his car and shot him in the head. He was threatening me. What? With a can of soda? Now, you would have thought that the television and the newspapers in America would be all over that incident. You would think that that man would be arrested. You would think that in America where there is death penalty, that man would be sent to the gallows or to the gas chambers or the electric chair or whatever they have it. In, 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 in that uh, state. What happened? He wasn't even arrested for three weeks. He wasn't even arrested for three weeks. This boy's father went to the police. The police went to this guy's home and he said, well, I felt threatened. What was threatening you? The fact that he was a black man in a gated community where most of the people, if not all of them, were white? His presence threatened you? 
Is this what the Declaration of Independence said? Has anything changed? Has anything changed since Jennison beat his black slave unconscious? Nothing has changed. And then you fast forward to 2014. What happens? A black teenager, he's shot dead. And the grand jury finds did they find use of excessive force? Forget about murder, forget about unlawful killing. Because the policeman said, I was afraid of this unarmed teenager. Okay, perhaps you were. So you got so scared that you had to shoot him to kill him. Has anything moved forward in the last 250, 300 years? We still seem to be in the same place. Yes, we don't call these people owners. And those that subject, they subject to brutality. We don't call them slaves. But what's the difference? I see no difference. So I repeat the words of the Holy Quran and I, and I add to it. The next verse of the Holy Quran, it is most hateful in, uh, uh, O you who believe, why say you that which you do not do? It is most hateful in the sight of Allah that you say that which you do not. So I would suggest that the American Declaration of Independence is a wonderful document. It's about time that people of America put its lofty ideas and ideals into practice and gave them a practical shape. And that is why I say that the Holy Quran is relevant to everyone, whether you're a Hindu or a Muslim or a Jew or a Christian or even an atheist. It's Friday. So let us pray that God gives humanity the wisdom and understanding to follow it, the dictates of the Holy Quran.